Yo, what's good, Camp Believers? Welcome to another episode of the Can't Believe I Made It podcast. Yo, we we got a heavy hitter today, and I'm super excited about it. I wanted to introduce Maya Feller, a dear friend of mine, a world-renowned dietitian representing Good Morning America, the author of Eating From Our Roots, and an amazing dietitian, amazing mother, amazing all of the above. In today's episode, we discussed what it took inside of her hero's journey, what it took to comprise probably one of the illest and dopest cookbooks that I have seen to date because of the emphasis on food, culture, and love, and the messages that we get about our food inside of our cultures. I am super excited for you all to gain a crap ton of value in our conversation. We dove into what it means for her to be a busy professional, what it means for her to be a mom, what it has meant for her to make the pivot into doing some of these really cool things. Like I said, a little bit of a celebrity notice right now. I'm super excited for you to hear this conversation. I hope you enjoy. Let's get it. All right. Uh, my heart is happy. You were just saying that the last time we saw each other was four years ago. Yes. At Fancy. We had never met beforehand, but we were screaming and hugging each other. And I am just so excited to talk to you. My heart is happy, like I said. I'm thrilled to be here. I love watching everything that you're doing for, you know, dads who are thinking about nutrition, dads Mm -hmm. who are thinking about like reframing how they see themselves in society. Yeah. I mean, it's needed. It's yeah. just needed. So I'm just, thrilled to be here. Yeah. Especially these dads of color too, right? Repre- representation. Please. Please. I know. I know. <sighs> that's, that's, that's like round two and a forum and a summit and a weekend <laughs> and a retreat Wait. That comes back every year. <laughs> Wait, Maya, did we just come up with an idea to do that? Because I'm in. <laughs> I think we did. I think we did. I mean, I really think we did. Oh, all right. Do you have your phone accessible near you? I sure do. Okay. Can we take a trip down memory lane real quick? Yes, let's do it. Uh, <clears throat> I have some apologies to send you away. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's rewind. I'm right. looking in our DM chat right now. Okay, here we go. I'm going in also. All right. Our very, f- which is weird because like, I, so February 21st, 2019. Yep. Was that fancy? That was fancy, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. That was fancy. Okay. I'm looking, Desi, there you are. So we're like, just like giving each other love back and forth. And then let's see here. February 2nd, 2022. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, family's doing great. Uh, Hey, GMARD, would you love to jump on my podcast? And you're like, hell yeah, I definitely would. Yeah. Please email me. February 4, 2022. Uh, Fast forward to, let's see here. February 9th, 2023. Yes. A voice memo that's like, hey, uh, I'm so sorry. (laughs) I finally have my shit together. Um, I hate email the same way that you hate DMs. So here I am (laughs) vulnerably saying, oh, my God, I don't know that you launched a book. Uh, can we please talk about this? I'm so freaking proud of you. How can I help you type of thing? So Maya, 
And then nope. I wrote, well, that's the best DM. Heck yes, I'd love to be on your pod. <laughs> Email me so I can lose my team because I need a little support. Because, yeah. you know, for people who believe that anyone does anything alone, not true. Not true. Always not a true. team. Always a team. Always support. Always a team. And so uh, shout out to my team. Savannah, shout out to you too as you listen to this. Uh, Maya, I am so excited to have you on for all of the reasons that we're about to talk about. Uh, one of the things that I really value about you is not only just your connection uh, to your message, but really in a lot of ways, your connection to your culture, how you share that, and how that really, really is voiced through how you express through food. I, For all those reasons, my friend, I'm super excited to have you on. Thank you Thank so you. much. So much. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a freaking celebrity on our <laughs> podcast. All right. So for our listeners and fam out there, you already kind of know I'm like a space cadet to a large extent. So me saying like, hey, this is a year in, in progress and it's mostly because of me, like you're not really surprised. <laughs> but Maya, I'm so excited to have you on, my friend. Thank you so much for taking the time. I'm thrilled to be here and I'm more than happy to take the time because as you said, first in this nutrition space, you know, we know for a fact that nutrition is a overwhelmingly female, mm-hmm. right? Or people, you know, female identifying folks. And it's also overwhelmingly white. Yeah. And so to be able to support each other in the work that we're doing, I deeply believe that we're better together. So yeah. I will always show up for us um, ah. in all the work that we do. Yeah. same with me. I was literally just on a call with a governing board um, and I had a black individual on the other side and he was like, Hey, I don't want you to take offense to this, but like, you don't look like an RD. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, Oh, uh, uh uh I was like, Oh, I'm not a white female. Right. He's like, yeah. "Yeah." Like, Oh my God, Des, thank you so much for what you're doing. And it stemmed into a really great conversation. And that's, Maya, where I would love to kick it off because anytime that we have guests on, like the thing that I really love is diving into their story, diving into yeah. their hero's journey, diving into what makes them tick. Are there things that, that make these people special? And so I've never had the opportunity to have this conversation with you. So like, I'm excited to that end. Uh, we definitely want to dive into the book. Uh, I, I will tell you beforehand, you might see some tears because I, I read the introduction and the sugarcane piece. And I was like, oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> Nana. <laughs> I cried when I wrote it. I was sitting I, on my deck and I, I cried. Like as I was writing, I definitely cried. Oh, all right. So we might cry together. Is that cool? Yeah. That's, that's totally cool, right? fine. That's totally okay. fine. It's absolutely fine. Absolutely fine. All right. So ladies and gents, uh, we have Maya Feller, author, amazing mom wife, black RD, uh, good morning, America, nutrition contributor, like all the things. So like all these reasons why I'm excited and you all should be excited too. But for you, Maya, like, let's, let's go ahead and start like where most heroes journeys start where it's like, Hey, like you're obviously all of these really fantastic things. Where did it start? What sort of things in your life really helped you to develop your love of food, your culture, like any of those pieces? I think it's such a good question, Des. Um, 
I so this weekend was my daughter's tenth birthday, and like ten is a big one, right? Because now you're double digits. I'm so afraid. Um, I know. <laughs> I'm so afraid. My daughter's turning seven, and I'm like, no. <laughs> so you know, it, there was a lot of reflection, like between myself and my husband, like going back, also realizing that like my husband and I have been together for like seven centuries. And so like all the memories like are now just like one big memory. I said something, I was like, don't you remember when that happened? And he was like, that's high school. We weren't together. I was like, oh, we weren't together then. I was like, oh, okay. But I say that to say that, you know, when you say like, where did it come from? It really did come from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think there's this really interesting way that we as people like become who we are because we have our genetics we have our epigenetics and then we have like our environmental footprint that goes on us. And then it like forms this person Yeah. and all of that. Right. So from my biological parents growing up with two moms traveling, you know, like before it was cool and before there was language around <laughs> gender identity, you know, people yeah. were just like, she has two moms. That's weird. Um, <laughs> You know, but now it's like, oh, we were why like, do you oh, have two moms? Cool. Yeah, exactly. I was like, I just have two. And I was like, and by the way, when you have two moms, for anyone that's listening out there that has 100%. two moms, you can't do anything. You can't. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> because they conference, they talk. There's a lot of introspective words used. They want to know how you feel about what you've done and what you believe the repercussions to be when there are two women in the house. It's you can't amazing. Get away with the thing. You can't get away with the thing. So, you know, I think all of that really informed who I am. And also the truth is like we traveled when I was younger. Like we because my biological mom um, is a sociologist, I think I would say probably by her PhD. Um, but she did all of this women's studies work and really looked at like land rights and agriculture. And so we'd go to different places in the world. And Des, like seriously, we'd be there for like a full on like month or month and a half. And she was doing research and it was like, I was just with whoever the local kids were. Yeah, And I did whatever the local kids did. So if it was, you know, chasing large iguanas, I was like, super, let's go chase large iguanas. <laughs> That's terrifying. And, <laughs> but I was like, I want people to play with. So wherever we went, my experience, and I talk about this in the front matter of the book, was around finding friends, um, finding just community and kids. And I believe that I never looked at someone as like, oh, this person is better than that person. There was no hierarchy around humanity. Mm -hmm. And I was just there to like have fun and have a good meal. Yeah. Um, and so yeah. I was like, can your auntie invite me to the house to have whatever it is that you're <laughs> yeah. eating? And I think that coming into nutrition that way, like also I, I never set out to really be a dietitian. I actually thought I was going to be an experimental theater artist. Um, and for anyone that's listening, like people are like, oh, that's why you're so comfortable on TV. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Experimental theater has nothing to do with television. It's like you've painted yourself green and you stand in a pose for an uncomfortably long period of time. And maybe you say three words and then you're like, that was really deep. And then anyone that's watched the show is welcome to have like a, you know, talk back about how deep that moment was. Yeah. Again, not TV. No not TV. No glamour, <laughs> right? And so I think the combination of like me growing up and 
being such a creative person made me come into nutrition and say, you know what? Like, hmm, I don't know about this, like, my plate business. I don't know about this, like, hierarchy of foods. This doesn't make sense to me that we're telling folks to eat this way and let go of any part of themselves when hmm, the U.S. has, like, the worst health outcomes. Mm -hmm. Um, We have, like, this serious rising tide of chronic illness. So how is it that we're saying that brown rice, steamed vegetables, and boiled protein is the way to health when people in other places seem to, A, have community, be happy with so much less, right? And yes, people in other places are also unhappy, right? So I get that. Mm -hmm. But how is it that we're the people that are saying in the U.S., this is the way to go when the rest of the world is doing something different and they seem to be, uh, in my estimation, having outcomes that, and I don't like to say good, bad, better, worse. Favorable. (laughs) Exactly, favorable, right? So that, I think all of my upbringing is in how I work and how I think about people and how I think about food, how I think about access, how I think about justice, how I think about community. Like, that's where it came from. Oh, that is so beautiful. Can I... Can I tug on your mom strings a little bit? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's just show up as all versions of ourselves. All versions of ourselves are, are showing up for coffee today. Um, you know, that's that's something that in our home that we've definitely talked about. Um, my wife is Welsh, German, like mostly European, you know, white female. So like for us, we're kind of coming into it having mixed race children and, and talking about how to, how to have conversations and, and also how to honor each other's heritage. Right. And so like, I think my big question for you is like, as, as you're taking your experience as Maya, and then you're growing these little amazing individuals, how do you help them to have perspective and understanding and compassion and empathy like all of those things because to me like the the story that you're telling me right now is like it makes sense to me why you're a solid individual and why likely your kids are fantastic individuals as well (laughs) now mind you they might not pick up their shit (laughs) but (laughs) because mine don't (laughs) but but you get what i'm saying (laughs) yeah totally you know um so it's funny like when i think back to how I was raised and kind of what the core family values were, communication was at the center. Mm -hmm. Um, Communication, like we had a lot of family meetings when I was growing up. I actually called them dumb family meetings. It was like Sunday (laughs) night, sit down with my moms and we would unpack whatever and like have these conversations. And, and, you know, there was a lot of, um, space for experiential learning, mm-hmm. right? So, cause that's my family just believed in that. It's like, this is what we're going to do. We're going to go out and have these experiences. And so with my husband who's Swiss, um, and so we are in a multicultural home with multiple languages, right? Um, and he 
like he just got to the US in the last 20 years. So there's like a lot of stuff culturally still, you know what I mean? That like, I'm yeah. like, no, that's very American. And he's like, that's very Swiss. So like, we really do have this multicultural home. Um, and we really try to have communication at the center of our core family values. Um, and we also respect our kids, mm-hmm. right? Like I always felt like my mom's and my father too, you know, respected me as a, as a, as like a person. And so I feel like as I'm talking to my kids about race, as I'm talking, they, they know for a fact that it's a social construct. You know what I mean? Like they knew that early on as I'm talking to them about gender identity, as I'm talking to them about what it means to, you know, live in a community of people with varying socioeconomic access I talk to them about, you know, structural biases and we have these open conversations. And I also try to make sure that they're exposed to all people. Mm-hmm. And I say this often as a, you know, this is not nutrition related, but as a liberal Northeast person, yeah. we love to hang out with versions of ourselves. Yep. So we never spend time with people who are in direct opposition to us. Cause we're like, we don't want to hear that. No. We're just going to hang out with like a comfortable version of ourselves. And so I say to my kids, it's actually very good to be exposed to people who have differing viewpoints because that allows you to train your critical thought muscle and really get true in what it is that your belief system is. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, like I say to my son, who's older than the girl, um, you have to decide in that situation, how do you want to interact with those people, right? I want you to, I, you make a choice about it. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, Des, like, I'm not standing there to say, like, do it this way, do it that way. And that's from my perspective. I don't know anything about growing up as a male identifying person in New York City in 2023 and what that means to get on the subway and go to and from school. That's not my experience. Yeah. It's his. So I have to respect that. Um, and it's interesting. This is nutrition related. It's the same way I think about food, right? So how do you want to interact with that thing? Whatever it is, mm-hmm. what is it? What do you want? How can we think about this? Do you want to be in the kitchen with me? Do you want to go shopping with me? Do you want to go to the farmer's market food co-op? Do you want to be there? You ha- they have to figure this stuff out so that when they're yeah. older, right, they can make choices that actually support the best version of how they can show up in the world. Yeah. Well, I, there's two things I wanted to comment on this earlier, but now that you had said it, the, you know, having two moms, I would definitely agree. Cause I think in, in most cases, uh, men, those who identify as such kind of get in the way. <laughs> I can say that as, as one. <laughs> so I love that. And I love that there's a theme around communication because a lot of times as parents, we're, we're constantly communicating, right? And it doesn't always have to be verbal. It can all, it, a lot of times it can be very, very nonverbal. And because a lot of this podcast is centered around like the habits and rituals of high-level people, like what makes them tick, if we're looking at your, your kids, what would you say their picture is of you? Like how you spend your time? what you do. <laughs> I want, I want the good, the bad and the indifferent. Like Maya, you got to come with it, please. <laughs> so this is so interesting. So I have no idea actually. Um, because so sometimes my, my daughter, like, you know, she calls me the dietitianist. 
um, which I think we should all coin as a new word. I'm cool um, with that. <laughs> right? She Sometimes she says, like, I'm the best, and then sometimes I'm not the best, and I think that that's also fine. Um, I think my kids do not think I'm cool. Um, <laughs> I think that they're relatively unfazed by everything that I do. In fact, at parent-teacher conference, um, (laughs) my daughter's teacher reports to me, she says, oh, so tired. I didn't sleep well. And the teacher was like, why? She's like, oh, because my mom has to go on air tomorrow. And so I guess she went to bed early and she was left with my husband. And, you know, bedtime (laughs) didn't go according to exactly how she thought. And she's like, oh, she she always does this just to go on air. And I was like, I said to the teacher, I was like, I'm sorry, it's part of my job. You know, like I, like if I have a really early, like I gotta go to sleep. And the teacher was like, that is so cool. And I was like, oh, thank you. I was like, yeah, they don't know. (laughs) They don't know. But here's the thing. That's also the humbling part, right? When you're a parent, you can't be like, I'm all that because they'll bring you back down to reality. Yeah, 100%. Hot second. So, and my son definitely, I think he, I think he is fine with me. He's a teenager, right? So there's that thing also about like teens and relationship with, you know, the adult caregiver figures in their lives. So I think he's fine with me. We do hang out with his friends, families. Um, and I, I, I think, I, I know he knows that I love him and that I'm always there for him. And I think sometimes he doesn't know what to do with the fact that I'm really like, well, let's just talk about it. Yeah. Because he's like, are you not mad? And I'm like, let's just talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) I got that from my mom's, right? It's very confusing. I think that's genius because it's like, oh, oh, uh uh-oh. Well, I'm open, but I also know that you're going to come at me. But okay. No, so here's the thing, Des. (laughs) I don't really come at him. I'm just like, I want to know. And my mom did this to me too, which is actually why when I was younger, I was like, you know what? My friends would be doing some crazy stuff. I was like, I, I, was like, I, I, was like, I don't want to talk about this. And they're like, what do you mean? I was like, I'm going home, peace. And they were like, what? What does this have to do? And I was like, no, y'all don't know what's happening You don't understand. I was like, because there will be a discussion and I'm not up for a discussion. I think the world would be much better if we approach life in that way, especially when, when as it pertains to decisions that actually aren't in our best interest. Like, am I, I'm about to have to discuss this and why and what, you know what? Nah, I don't want to do this. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So it all goes back to that. And it's so funny because I really feel like I also come at nutrition from that same perspective with my patients, you know, like I've always said to them, I want you to think about how you're going to interact with whatever the thing is. And I work with folks, so they're coming to me because there's a diagnosis, right? So mm-hmm. like, I, I think I had one person who was like, I just want to like have a tune-up. And I was like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> I was like, I was like, how often do we get that request though? It's like, I just need a tune-up. It's like, I know. what? <laughs> I know. And the person, let me tell you guys, like not to break HIPAA, but they were like super moderate. Like the person was like, I feel like they were in their fifties. They ran regularly. They got together with friends. They were like, sometimes they had a beer or not. Maybe one sometimes like everything was just moderate. And they're like, should I do something different? I was like, maybe write a book for everyone on 
how to replicate what you're doing. I was like, cause you're <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> Will you send me an invoice? <laughs> <laughs> Literally, you know? So, but like, that's not usually the case. And so like, I really do work with people and I'm like, well, how, like, how do you want to do it? Cause I don't know their life. Mm-hmm. Right. So how do they want to do it? I think those pieces are, are super valuable too, because I even, I found this and, and I love that you're, I, I knew before I got any sort of information about the book, like likely how you would have approached it because just you and I connect in a lot of similar ways. Um, but even I, I felt privy to that too, because I think what was really crazy is working in an eating disorder clinic. Like that was my first job out of getting my RD and everything. So like we're looking at an affluent demographic. So from an eating disorder perspective, like you really are trying to help them to understand that like all foods fit. We're not trying to demonize foods here, but a lot of the choice offerings that they would talk about are very colonized type foods. Right. And so like I found myself when I, when I went from there into community nutrition where you know, most of our patients are 90% Spanish speaking only. So I remember when I took the job, I was like, all right, cool. I'm not fluent, but I need to get fluent. So like, I feel comfortable with talking about it, but I need to get fluent. So I'm going to go ahead and, and serve my, my community. I found myself asking some of the same questions. Like, do you eat quinoa? Do you like, and what came back was like, wow, a lot of these people have never heard any of any of these foods. They've they've come to me because our doctors have told them that they should not eat tortillas or rice or some of their cultural foods, which I'm not cool with. Like, wow, this is an access to food type deal. And this is also like re-educating them on like, you actually don't have to change what you're doing. Like, this is great. So like, I've definitely seen it in my life. And even as with my credential and everything else have got, had to go through a learning process of like, oh, I don't want to contribute to this. So like, I'm wondering, Maya, for you, doing what you do now, like, what's the most special piece about what you do do? That is such a interesting question. Um, And I don't know that I have a perfect answer. I don't even know that like I have an answer that could like tie it up into a neat bow. Um, Because I hear like exactly what you're saying, right? This job out of school in this clinic eating disorders and for you know your listeners like we often have an image about what we think a person with an eating disorder looks like Mm -hmm. and that image is absolutely intertwined with hierarchical structures social inequities racism classism gender, you know what I mean? All the things, yeah. Homophobia, transphobia, like all of it. Because when we actually look at the data, people would be surprised to realize that A, there's no look for an eating disorder. And B, you probably have walked past someone. You may be sitting next to someone that has an eating disorder, but it doesn't fit what we think in our mind. The Mm -hmm. same way that that person said, you don't look like a dietitian. Mm -hmm. Well, there's no look for an eating disorder. Yeah. And so when I think about what's most special about what I do, I'd say one important part is that I realize that every single person that I've worked with 
has come to my practice, has worked with the dietitians on my team, all have a terrible relationship with food. Because as a society, we have indoctrinated people to believe that if they're not eating the quinoa, if they're not eating the brown rice, that there is some moral reason why they are quote unquote not good. And we wrap that up into the things that they're eating. If someone has a can of beans, green beans, I don't mean canned beans, green beans. If someone eats fruit from a jar, that's poor people food. You shouldn't Mm -hmm. be eating that. That's filled with all the things that are bad. And it took me years to be able to find the language to realize that what we're actually doing is cutting people off from access and we're limiting people's pattern of eating by putting up these, I'd say, implicit structures around food Mm -hmm. that are so steeped in bias. And so I think that one of the things that I enjoy the most about my work is to have those discussions like in my book, to have those discussions in my writing and to have those discussions also, you know, like on TV when possible. Um, So yeah, I feel like that's fairly special. I love those conversations too, to be honest. Uh, Because what's really valuable about truly holding space for, for someone is holding space for their stories holding space for all the things that make them extremely special. And, and when you bring a health focus into it, like I'm, I'm still very much a massive believer. And I know that you are too, that everything can fit and you do have to honor some of the things that you, that you value, all of the oh, things 100%. that you value. Right. 100%. So I, I, I love that. Maya, I'm, I'm wondering, I've actually been asking this uh, question to RDs that I've had on here. And I'm wondering for you, like, how you operate with this but like i call it like the uh the airline seating test um okay so when you're sitting next to someone and they ask you what you do if if you have someone who who says who talks to you uh do you tell them what you do you know what's so interesting is that people don't talk to me on the plane um people generally don't talk to me like (laughs) when i'm out in public um what happens is people say, you look familiar. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, ha, 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 yeah. laugh. <laughs> or whatever. Um, and I'm like, I don't know. Um, that, that has happened, you know, not like a ton. The first time it happened, I offered the person my telephone number because I was so excited that I was recognized. <laughs> um, which was like very awkward for both of us. I was like, just call me anytime. And I was like, what is happening? I was like, stop. I don't know speaking. what just happened. Stop. <laughs> oh my goodness. You know, but, um, but yeah, people generally don't talk to me. I don't know. You know, I know why, because I'm usually either reading, sleeping or working intently. Um, yeah. when I travel, uh, when I go out, like, and I'm in a social setting, I actually, it's really fun to hang out with the same group of people. Um, and so our conversations, like if someone hasn't met me um, and they're like, what do you do? I say, I work in like food and nutrition. Um, and then if they ask, I'm like, oh, I'm a dietitian. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there's the, oh, you're going to judge me. And I'm like, actually, I'm food neutral. 
Um, And I don't care. (laughs) um, And I'm not going to judge you. And then if they say something, I'm like, wow, that's a really disparaging comment against yourself. Um, uh, I just want (laughs) to, they're just like, I'm going to leave her alone. I'm like, I I was like, I want to, I was like, I want to affirm the fact that you'd like to have whatever that thing is, but for some reason you were just mean to yourself. Yeah. And they were like, I just want to have my wine. Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't care. Like, will you serve me some? Like, <laughs> why are we talking about this? Yeah. But actually, it's interesting that, that you ask that. People don't actually um, ask me about my work. And maybe, yeah, I don't know. That's such an interesting thing. I'm going to keep an eye out. Keep an yeah. eye out. Because, like, I, I, I wanted to transition this into, like, hey, from, from a friend to a friend, like, I'm so proud of you. Like, I'm so proud to be connected with you because you're just doing like such dope things. Uh, every time that I see you on Good Morning America, I'm like, that's my friend right there. <laughs> Let's get it. <laughs> so like, I asked that question because I usually like, I, I, I try to, because I've made this mistake of letting people know what I do. And then I, they dive into their family story and like, how many people who are struggling and I'm like, ah, listen, um, I- I'm trying to listen to a new album right now. Like, can you just, you gotta leave me alone. <laughs> right. So like I asked that to, to transition us into, you mentioned that your kids keep you humble. Mm-hmm. Right. But if you take a step back, Maya, and you're kind of looking at all of your passion work, all of your heart work. Um, wh- what do you think? Like, do you kind of sit back? Are you proud? Are you like, I got to do more like that's such an interesting question. You know, I have to say, I think as a black woman in the United States, someone of, you know, Afro-Caribbean origin raised in a mixed race, lesbian home, I step back (laughs) and I look at what I've done and I see like that there have been, there's like a village, like a tribe of people who were like, they have my back and they're like, they have a vested interest in helping me tell my story and, you know, give voice to marginalized groups. Um, And I see how far we have come in struggles for, you know, racial justice, you know, equity. And then I look at nutrition I see it. So I, let me go back and say this. I see how far we've come and how much work there is still to do. Yeah. And I look at nutrition and I think fascinating. There's so much work to do. And I actually said something today, you know, I'm thrilled that I have all the opportunities that I have, but there's still a thing in society where the table is not expanding. Right. Like some people have their seat there, but we're still very much like, you know, could we get add another seat? Could yeah. we expand the table? Could we make it bigger? And it that's hard, mm-hmm. right? Because I, you know, like I have friends, you know, who are in the industry and we all know each other. We all know each other. We're all rooting for each other. And it's like, if we could just expand that space to be more representative of the melting pot that is this country, and I put Mm -hmm. it in air quotes, 
I think we'd all be better off. And so I am honored to do the work. I am continually humbled by the opportunities that I have. I'm grateful that people want to engage in the uncomfortable conversations and be present. Um, I'm thrilled that it's 2023 because truthfully, you know, 60 years ago, I wouldn't even have had these opportunities. Um, But at the same time, and it is truly a but because it's not an and, it's a but at the same Mm -hmm. time, I recognize that there's a ton of work left to do. And I think every single producer, editor, person that I said, oh, you know what? We're going to give her an opportunity to go and be, show up as she is, right? Natural hair, dark skin, you know, and let her speak. And that, forever grateful, forever grateful, forever blessed, forever honored and humbled by that, right? And then I say, imagine if we had three more of those people, right? Yeah speckled throughout various industries, right? Every place he dropped another three, another three, another three. The landscape of what we're exposed to in terms of imagery, what the implicit biases are that people grow up with, how we talk about food, characterize the food space, it would have a different shape. It definitely would. So I'm I'm wondering, taking all of those fantastic pieces of you and noting that if times were different, likely would not be the same story, but here we are now. You have this amazing cookbook. I Do you call it a cookbook? I, I feel like it's a it's a story. <laughs> Thank you so much. It is, so it's interesting. It's a story, it a right? It's a cookbook. <clears throat> the front matter is interesting. There's some historical tidbits throughout. You know, um, there's some cultural nuance. Um, yeah. It's a story. It's a story cookbook. It's like an invitation into your kitchen to go on a journey. Which I love because like, I always tell friends and family this, they're like, you know, what's your, what's your favorite thing about what you do? And I generally, it's, it has to do obviously with eating. And I'll tell people like, listen, eating is a fantastic opportunity. You ever want to vibe check someone, you break bread with them. (laughs) Like that is always the entry point to uh, building on, on your community. And that's the thing that I really love. And so Maya, for you, I do want to read that piece that I said that I, the introduction of uh, your book, I just want to read it aloud for our listeners and we're going to do some really cool things because I, I really want to promote my friend's book. So uh, a lot of you might get access to it, but I wanted to read it uh, and just get your take on what writing this book has meant for you. Okay. okay? I'm ready to listen. Okay. Um, like I said, I might cry because I'm thinking about my grandmother right now. Uh, the first time I had sugar cane freshly cut from the stock, I was around five years old. I remember sitting with my grandfather, Simeon Alexander, in Diego Martin, Trinidad, enveloped by warm air while being kissed by the sun, sucking on sugar cane, feeling safe, loved, and without a care in the world. We would take regular drives from Diego Martin. Am I saying this correctly? Diego Martin. Diego Martin. Mm-hmm. Up to the countryside of Toco to visit mm-hmm. aunties, uncles, and cousins. Somewhere along the, the long, winding, narrow roads, we would stop at a stand to enjoy a hot cup of soup, always served in a styrofoam bowl, and roasted corn wrapped in foil. 
I'd enjoy every bite knowing that when we arrived, the aunties would have made coconut, bake, dumplings, salt fish. Is it palau? Yeah, palau. Uh, I never know how to say this root vegetable. Cassava? Oh, cassava. Cassava. Well, you know, who knows? I'm from the Northeast. So, I yeah, I say okay. cassava. Vinny balls, sour cherries, and so much more. Uh, so, Maya, I, I read this this morning. Um, and, like, the thing that really just broke me was, like, I have really vivid food memories of my culture, my grandmother, and, like, who I view as, like, the matriarch of our, our value system, which doesn't exist without our cultural foods. And so reading that, I was like, oh, my God. I may not have resonated with everything in there, but you know what? From a tradition standpoint, like, it spoke to my heart. So I want to ask you, like, why did you write this book? I love that question. But before I answer the question, I have to know from you, what was one of those foods that your grandmother made that touched you so much or what, you know what I mean? What was that thing that you were like, Oh yes. Like what was the food? What was the flavor? What was the scent? I love that question. Let's go. Let's do this right now. (laughs) Um, It's so funny because I found myself crying in my kitchen the other day because of this too. Uh, So when I, I, when I remember being a kid, uh, some of my very, very nostalgic days would go into the kitchen. My Nana is making tortillas. Uh, I can still smell it to this day. Anytime that I come across it, I, I can smell it. We're likely either eating with some roasted green chilies or some red chili or some chorizo and papas. Like those are usually the things that I think of. And I, it's sort of been my, not job, but like my invitation on Sunday mornings to make something that's authentic for my family. And I'll usually make some of the same things, but I found myself cutting my papas differently than like my immediate family, but cutting them in the way that my Nana used to. And I was, I was listening to some mariachi music and I started crying. My wife was like, are you okay? And I was like, no, but uh, yes. <laughs> so like, that's, that's what that intro did for me. So like, I think it was a fantastic introduction Maya into your view of a food and, and connection. Um, I too have really fond memories of going to auntie's houses and going to certain places and picking some different types of foods up, uh, usually in styrofoam cups or other things like that. So like we do, we do have a lot of similarities. So yeah, you know, going back to the question for you, like, thank you so much for asking me. And also for you, like what, what inspired you to do this work? Your answer. That's exactly what it is. I love that. Because I recognize that we don't have representations of us in mainstream. And we come in all shapes, sizes, colors, hues, hair textures. The foods are similar but different. And we're just not represented. And that's what I wanted. Because I know that when we have conversations about the Mediterranean diet, we cherry pick, right? And we highlight certain food ways. But when you start to really look at those 22 nations around, you realize when you stop the cherry picking that we're way more similar and that the people who have hijacked and co-opted the discussions around food have left us out. 
And globally, us black, brown, indigenous folks, we're the majority, mm -hmm. but we are not represented. And that's why I wanted to write the book the way that I did. Because as you move around the globe, you're like, oh my gosh, this Portuguese peri-peri? What? Did that flavor come up from Africa? Oh my goodness. This thing that I tasted over here in Thailand? Well, that's really similar to the Philippines. And oh my gosh, that flavor from India by colonization ended up in the Caribbean. But yet the conversation goes back to have your steamed brown rice, your boiled protein, and your vegetable. And that's really not what's happening as you move around the globe. I get frustrated when I think about things like this. Um, and my, I value your ability to, I would assume you let me know if I'm completely off. I value your ability to be still in some of the pain and confusion. Um, Cause that's honestly something Maya that I just, I, I haven't acquired that skill yet. It's too emotionally flabbergasting. That's the only way that I can like put it. I just, I, Fast. it's funny too, because I came across <laughs> your Mediterranean story because I had pitched something similar to men's health. And after you wrote it, I was like, cool. Yeah. Uh, that like can you can we just source that and my editor was like are you serious like yeah like there's yes 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 like that's if i could be still in my pain and still teach like i like what maya said <laughs> what maya said shit like i i, I tell like i'm telling you the truth here like i remember that conversation over email i was like yes yeah like but she she did such a fantastic job of everything that I wanted to say. So like, Maya, how do you care for yourself to, to do this work, even though it is very emotionally driven? Like, how do you, yeah. how do you, do, how do you do it? So, um, I think that's why no one talks to me when I go out <laughs> because I realize that like I hang out with the same group of people over and over again. And I have a fairly strong community, um, a community of people who are from all around the world. Like my friend circle is a really multicultural, diverse friend circle. Um, and there's a lot of laughter, joy, cooking in the kitchen um, and with our kids present, right? So that is something that is fulfilling for me. Um, I love nature. Des, like if I could be like up on a mountain, <laughs> I mean the tippy top, let me walk up there, hang out up there, and then I'll come back down. I, if I could do that multiple times a week, 100%. So I love nature. I have a fantastic therapist. And I have, I've been a long proponent of therapy because I feel like as a Black woman living in the U.S., there's so much stuff just epigenetically, you know, and there's just the trauma of, you know, being in this body that, you know, to understand. Yeah. Um, and I've spent a lot of time in spaces where I'm the minority. So really being able to have a place to talk about all of that and think about it in a way that's critical because, you know, anger and frustration can be powerful, but it yeah. can also be harmful, yeah. right, to ourselves. And so 
really falling into what are the routines that I need around intentional movement. Um, my body is physically strong. And so I'm like super grateful for that because it allows me to, you know, run multiple days per week and go on these like epic walks and do all of that. Cause that's also something that feels good for me. Um, and then I also give myself a lot of grace and I'm like, listen, I'm not seeking perfection. You know what I mean? And I do my best to be introspective and to be mindful with my words. I make mistakes and sometimes I'll be a contradiction and that's also fine too. Um, so I give myself as much grace as I give my patients. Um, and I try to give myself, I try to give my kids as much grace as I give myself. <laughs> <laughs> That was some truth telling right there. (laughs) I came across something the other day. uh, You know, I mostly get like moms and dad memes. You know, my wife and I like to talk through them. Um, But one of them was like, you know, a lot of us parents try to stifle like the emotional development or emotional outbursts of kids uh, leading the expectation that they should have their shit together uh when you don't and i remember reading that and i was like oh truth truth but also my whole thing with like kids is i'm like they just got here like when you're (laughs) seven like you just got here you've only been here for seven years i'm still trying to wrap my head around all this so you just arrived and i'm like this is new you're new so go ahead have your fit i understand because i'm frustrated too yeah. You know what I mean? When they start to yell and scream and they're like, I just don't get it. I'm like, neither do I. Neither do I. Go ahead. Do your you... thing. <laughs> you want a pillow? Here's a pillow. Scream. Yell. Do all of it. You need some paper to rip up? Rip up the paper. Like, it's tough out there. That's the other thing, Des, is like, you know, imagine like all of that stuff that kids feel. And then at the same time, they're getting all this messaging around how they're meant to behave in public, how they're supposed to eat, what right. they should dress, how their body should look. And that's just implicit. We don't have to say anything. The media does a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. New York City, you get into a taxi. There's screens in the back of the taxi. You On a taxi ride, you can have four <laughs> or five different commercials coming at you by the time you get to your destination, all telling you something that you never thought about before. Yeah. <laughs> of course, it's complicated. I like that. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to bite that from now on. I don't know what I'm doing. I, it's okay that you're losing it. My seven-year-old was losing it the other day, like screaming. My wife is like, is she good? Like, what is going on? I'm like, I was like, you never went in your room and just like scream things. Like I never should have been here. Like you never did that. She's like, maybe versions of it, but like, this is a lot. And so like, finally I go in, we get on her level. I'm on the floor and I'm like, Hey, listen, it's okay that you're having these feelings right now. They seem like they're super uncomfortable. Daddy knows that because you're like hitting the walls right now. Okay. <laughs> what is not okay is for you to say certain things about my little girl that I love more than anything that aren't true. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to grab a pillow. We're going to use it as a punching bag. You can get all your energy out that you need in this punching session. But when we're done, we got to have a chat afterwards. And she was like, okay, cool. She went to town on the pillow and I was like, <laughs> like damn she is like me because <laughs> I, like, I used to do that so go in the room and go ham on my pillow just because i like i just there's so much emotion coming out 
and I don't know what to do with it. And it's so funny to, to see that. So my, I, I feel seen by hearing that you're doing some of the same things. Thank you. <laughs> of course, of course. And I mean, you know, I always think about like what you just said from this lens of the fact that like, for the majority of people, and this is totally separate from race, gender, like the majority of people, just the majority of people don't have that outlet to hit the pillow, Mm -hmm. right? So of course it's challenging, of course it's tough, right? And we're all doing our best, right? And all the ways, shapes and forms to like move through life, right? And, And for me, in my work as a dietitian, I'm always thinking like, how can I be the person that supports the reduction of harm? Mm, Yeah. Right. And that, that's it. Like that is it. Well, my, I'm, I'm super excited about the opportunity to dive into the story more. I'm gonna call it a story. Is that okay? Absolutely. The storybook more. Eating from our roots is a story. It's, it's a story. I tell you, Desi, I've had people from all like, Like, so this one young woman came up to me and was like, oh my goodness, you know, I'm Polish and I loved this so much because I never felt like I could eat the foods that my grandmother made. And I was like, that's the point. Yeah. That's the point. Yeah. Well, I think your selling point to me was like turning the, answering my question with my response. I mean, I I think we all have these really great, beautiful images, um, of food and, and culture. Some of us have not had that luxury, but like I said, I think that there's a lot of value that can be had when you do in fact, break bread with someone you do learn about their story and you do learn about like why this food type of thing. So like, I think my, I'm just, I'm excited to continue to have our listeners having these conversations, diving into the storybook. There's a lot of things that I'm really excited about. And so my, I'm, super thankful for you for taking the time. I love talking to you. Like there's a reason why I got excited to see you having never met you in person. <laughs> Listen, the feeling is so mutual. <laughs> like, you know, I just love this conversation because it's just, you know, so easy, right? Yeah. And so uncomplicated. Yeah. And when food and nutrition and all of these things are so complicated, sometimes it's really nice to just sit down with a friend and, you know, chop it up. Yeah, just chop it up. I love it. Just chop it up. <laughs> so I never pre-script questions, but I always like to ask my guests uh, these these last two questions. Okay. Okay. And so the first question is, obviously, this is the Can't Believe I Made It podcast. And so my big question for you and one question that I always love to dive into with a lot of our guests is, have you made it? And if not, what does making it look like in your current season of life? Oh my gosh. I mean, Desi, these are huge questions. (laughs) (laughs) I also want to know, you're like, that's a really great question. That's an interesting question. I'm taking that as a win. (laughs) So I don't know the answer, right? Like, have I made it? Um, I think in many ways, I've got a fantastic family. You know what I mean? I've got healthy kids. I have my health. You know, I continue to wake up every day. So I think that that's like a major feat, truthfully. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll take that. Um, This is the thing that's so funny about media, social media, TV, all of that, is that 
the benchmarks are now so high <laughs> that, yeah. right? Sometimes, like, you know, the things that we would have once been like, that's incredible. We're like, well, I'm not Leanna. <laughs> and it's like, she well, killed it. She killed it, by the way. I don't... FYI. F, she, right? Like, she yes, killed for, it. For everybody's <laughs> Call it what it is. <laughs> yeah. Like, right? Um, giving everything. Uh, but it's like, so, so I, I guess, yeah, I guess I would say, you know what I mean? I have been successful. Um, is there space for growth? 100% because nice. there's still a lot of life to live, yeah. you know? And so, um, I'm in the process of the blossom. Oh, I love that. Okay. Last question for you. And then I'll leave you alone. Well, I'm kind of going to leave you alone because I have an idea that I want to talk to you about afterward. Uh, but last question. Obviously, we talked about eating from our roots. Uh, we're going to make sure that all of our pod family and listeners get access to a beautiful story that I, I'm excited to continue to dive into. But aside from that, are there other projects or things that we can, as a community, uh, we can uphold and support you with or anything like that? Oh, that's a, that's a beautiful question. Um, you know, I, at the moment, basically what we're focused on is my practice. Um, and, at, you know, at, well, the book continues. The truth is, guys, like, we're just a month. Today's the 27th, right? So it was 24th of last month was the launch. So we're a month in. Mm -hmm. So the book is our major focus. Um and what I think I would say to your listeners is whatever it is that they're working on, expand their support system, mm. right? So do what they need to do for themselves. I mean, that's basically <laughs> it. At the, no, seriously, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. What, like expand your support system. If you're like, ooh, that really resonated with me, awesome. If it didn't, not me. Don't mute me. But the people that make you feel bad, mute them. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but that's, I think that's what I would say. Um, of course, please go out and buy the book, Eating yes. From Our Roots. It's available everywhere that books are sold. Um, if you'd like to chat, you can follow me on social for sure. Um, and if you have something that, you know, you think I should explore, I'm completely open to that. Like sometimes people reach out and say, oh, I'm interested in X, Y, and Z. Will you do something about that? And I'll say, sure. Yeah. If You know what I mean? If it's aligned, I'll always look into it. I love it. All right, family, you heard it here first. Uh, something resonated with you. You do you. Expand on your community. All yes, stuff yes. that you've heard me say time and time again. You surround yourself with five other gritty people who take care of themselves, who value community. In time, you're going to become the sixth. So, my, my friend, uh, don't go anywhere after we press end because I want to chat with you a little bit more. But I so, so thank you for taking the time. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And thank you for sharing me with your community. Absolutely. All right, y'all. You know what to do. If something spoke to you, make sure that you take the time to screenshot it. You can tag Maya. We'll make sure that we put all of her information in the show notes. Uh, I love this conversation. I'm so excited for people to to hear it at some point. So Maya, once again, thank you so much. Thank you.